folks, welcome back to the Jake Feinberg Show, and I'm joined today by a friend of the program and a cognoscenti, a spiritual advisor, uh, George Marsh, and uh, with the opportunity today to uh, to elaborate further on on his latest book, um, which is uh, Inner Drumming. And uh, George, welcome back. Thanks. Hey, great. Good to be back. I want to ask you, you know, the, the you the articles that you sent me appeared in a magazine called Modern Drummer magazine, and, right, and, right. And you know, for somebody like yourself who you know started uh, started back, you know, really witnessing guys like Blakey in the fifties and your career getting started, and you, you are not. What is a modern drummer, and, and and what is that word? What does modern drumming mean in your mind? Modern drumming? Oh, I, I, uh, it doesn't have any meaning. <laughs> it's just a really nice magazine. <laughs> right, but I mean, but when they talk about it, you're trying to, I mean, what your, what your book, not so much the, the substance of it, but who, who are you trying to appeal to? I'm, I'm thinking that it might be to uh, a younger generation of musicians who might have, a, there might be a few links in the chain that are missing, but I could be wrong. Well, there's the chain that's missing is how to swing, I think. And the what my book is doing is not necessarily for the young, or the, it's, it's it's for anyone uh, that, that plays the instrument. And it's dealing with how energy flows inside the body. And the 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 way that I'm dealing with it was highly influenced by by the study of Tai Chi Chuan. And uh, I have a few teachers in my life who I consider very important teachers, uh, besides my drum teachers, you know, there. And Bob Amaker, who now lives uh, both in Hawaii and in, uh, in Russia. Wow. Why does it, okay, who is Bob Amaker? That, that, that name does sound familiar. He's a brilliant, brilliant, never, he doesn't take anything for granted. He's always studying what mm. about Tai Chi, what about the things that are handed down. What's the essence of it? What about it? You know, on and on. He doesn't stop. He's absolutely brilliant. And he taught me some things many years ago, and I'm, I'm actually getting together with one of his uh, students. I haven't had studied with Bob in years. I'm getting get together with one of his students and kind of refreshing me. But there's certain things about Tai Chi Chuan, and some of those same principles apply to how you, how you play golf, <laughs> how you do any sport, how you move with your body, how energy can move very fluently and, and move back and forth inside your body. And uh, it just rang a very, very large bell when he, when he showed me these things back in the seventies, late seventies. Can I ask you oh. I, I, the the Tai Chi aspect of it? I mean, my uh, my wife is is Chinese, and, and we go to the Chinese Cultural Center so my daughter can have some language and some traditional dance opportunities. And and my wife was part of the Tai Chi class, and what I noticed there, it, the movements are very. Like you said, it, it's it's about you know channeling energy through movement, but the movements seem slow. And yeah, well, they are very slow in certain of the forms, mm -hmm. but they don't always have to be slow. I think what they they do is they prepare you. I mean, if it's if you consider it the martial art aspect of it, they prepare you for certain types of moves if you're going to be attacked, and when if you are attacked or if you're actually doing something called hand pushing. Your reaction is like improvisation, and that's the high level of it. It's improvisation. Mm -hmm. You don't think I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, right? You just do it, 
And so you build these certain uh, ways of dealing energy inside yourself, and it's it's just fantastic. And I, I realize, you know, to actually be an expert at this is like, you know, no way. But that's that's okay. That's fine. How but did why I'm yeah. doing this? Go ahead, yeah. Is to be able to open up. And I'm, I'm, look, I took it. I'm a drummer, so I've applied it to the drum set. Some of the ideas of it, and the drum set is four limbs, and there are many ways of dealing with energy moving around and in a linear fashion and also within the limbs coming down together simultaneously there's just lots and lots of ways it's kind of vast it seems like like forever it seems like too much and what i wanted to do was corral it you know put a put a lasso around that all of that and bring it down to something that i could deal with this that is very finite could be pretty big but finite so there's certain ways of moving with energy and the idea as a drum set player of doing the inner drumming is to open you up to other possibilities. And if you let me, I'll just keep talking for a minute here. If, if you're learning how to play any instrument, but let's say drum set, you want to learn a few rhythms. And that could be a rock, and, a rock rhythm or a funk rhythm or a jazz rhythm. And you just kind of repeat that. And you want to learn that because you need to play with other people so you can experience the joy of playing music and you, I consider it kind of walking through the door. You know, you're there. Okay, now I'm playing music. <laughs> but once you're there, then you want to be able to improvise and express yourself. And, and here's what I think is a key element of what I've been doing with this and other studies lately, is I would like to continue to allow my voice, whatever that is, to be heard. And I would like to be, have enough confidence in how I play and have confidence within the groups that I play with that we can each have individual voices and then whatever group it is, it has a voice. So that's kind of what this is all about for me and, and certain types of improvisational games that I'll be playing with people uh, right now with the uh, musicians that I work with, teachers at Sonoma State. There's a jazz pro program, but fully half of what we do together is we work on various music games dealing with sound, texture, approach, and then we all will use that and that will inform the jazz that we play. And the jazz that we play could be a, a, an old tune that Art Blakey played. But when we play it, we're, we're more of a group and we have our own voices. We understand one another. And then if you take that kind of approach within the group, and I myself as a drummer, if I'm open with how I bring energy through my body, through the various limbs, then I'm able to express who I am in more ways. So that, that kind of sums it up in a certain way. Well, uh, quite a few questions off of that. Number right. one, some of these Tai Chi moves, can you actually perform those with the sticks and, and on the drum kit itself? That's a very good question. What? Actually, what it is is bringing your your the focus your focus inside your body with energy moving from limb to limb, and and to me that's almost it's just related a little bit to what you can do in in yoga, and there might be might be many disciplines in where you would do that. You could start with your foot, your right foot, and here's what I do with people: I'll ask them to visualize energy moving from the center of the earth through their body, 
and down their right leg, and then they'll play a sound with the bass drum. Hmm. And then they'll let the they'll let the right foot relax, and that whole thing, that whole episode there, the focus of the energy movement, the cocking of the foot, the releasing, and the sound, and listening to the sound, all of that is what I call sounding. So, and that's a word that I learned from Pauline Oliveras. But so that just that sound is part of the whole. And, when, of course, when you dance, there's all kinds of movements, and when you, you watch drummers, they're moving from place to place. Well, those movements to that sound is part of sounding, and it's, and it's to be studied, and it's to be felt. And when you do that, then you, energy starts to, to go all over the place. And I, I just played a couple of days ago with, with some of the uh, teachers, in fact, all the jazz instructors at Sonoma State, and we've been doing a lot of these games, and we did a forum for the students and played a lot of music and did improvisational uh, games for them and then played tunes. And I tell you, the energy is so high when we do that. We almost explode. Mm. It's very, very different than sitting down and playing the same old. Well, no, uh, I mean... You understand what I mean? No, you... Thing, you, you this is really... Well, you don't have to feel that way about it. You can, you can work on music in other ways and then come back and play what might have been the same old, except it's not. It's fresh. It's just like, I think you're carrying on a tradition that Louis Armstrong believed in, that uh, Ray Brown believed in, and that Bill Cosby validated last week, which was just this idea of the individual voice. And it's a two-part thing here. Number one, Cosby said that he could be blindfolded in a club and he could tell you if it was Tony Williams or Mickey Roker or Philly Joe Jones by their style. Individual, yeah, yeah. Individuality in music is essential. He doesn't hear that as much today. So the idea that, you know, uh, playing Blue Monk in a very traditional tune by Thelonious Monk, but doing it with your own accent that to me, he hit it on the head, is that everyone, including yourself, you guys prided yourselves on having an individual style. But part of that came because you actually were able to physically witness some of these mentors of yours doing it. I mean, the accessibility to these guys and the venues and the fact that they went on these tours, how much of, how hard is it to craft an individual voice if you can't necessarily go out and see it and do it on a consistent basis, the way you had that flexibility back, you know, some 30, 40 years ago. Well, it is harder to do it, I think, in the area of jazz. Hmm. Uh, but I think that there's a lot of the young players that, are, that have done it in areas of fusion and certain certain math rock and all kinds of different categories that I'm not supposed to know about. <laughs> I'm older, and that's, they're doing a good job. But I bet you, mm -hmm. I bet you they can tell that we can't. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, do, I do hear it the way you're singing. And when I hear certain drummers, they, they don't sound like they have a voice. But I'm, I'm going to rest on that one and not make a, a you know, conclusive statement and saying, well, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe they hear it. So I can't really answer that. Uh, but I think it is having your own voice is something that I think you need to work on it. But it's almost like you need to remove things things that, like, parts of you that, that think you're supposed to play in a certain way and may be wrong. 
about that or, or remove all this criticism. I think playing free music with that has stru certain structures or games within them can really help remove this critic. This critic that doesn't need to be there all the time. Sometimes you need to be there, but so that you can just allow yourself to be. So if we play certain free music things, every note we play is fine. We're, we're unless we're just bashing and not listening. I guess that's the other key: is you listen. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is because when you talk one another's music. When you talk about having an individual voice, you know, inherently the rhythm section is supposed to hold things down, but yet you still want to have your own little individual accent on it, your own flavor on it. And I want you to talk, take one or two examples of these improvisational games that raise the intensity and the energy level to what we both can feel and hear and the stuff that we've been pr talking about prior in prior interviews. Sure. Uh, I'd have to do that. The uh, the uh, you say that in the rhythm section you have to hold things down, and that's absolutely true. But there are, there's a, certainly a variety of ways of doing that, and we'll get into that. But here I'll give you an example of a game. You uh, you I'm a drummer, and uh, here's a piano player. I really like the way this piano player plays, and so we're gonna get to know one another. So I'll sit down with the drums and I'll play a few rhythmic phrases, and I'll ask the pianist to copy. It doesn't have to the exact exact but just go ahead and, and play on your piano what you heard and we'll do that for a while and then we'll turn the tables I'll ask the pianist to play something and they do some incredible like crescendo roll on the piano and I'll try to copy that and I'll feel the energy of it and what happens is you just do it you just go there and you do it you know don't analyze it too much but it's a chance to listen and what if the pianist goes very very quiet and then really loud, and then waits and hits a funny block chord. Well, okay, I do that. So by the time we've done a few of these things, I, I don't have to analyze it, but I have an insight on that person. I, I just do. I understand. Oh, I like to play around. This person's funny. Oh, cool. Mm. And I'll do some things. And then, and we do that. For, it's an mistake. Like at this thing Wednesday, we did a game similar to that, except I, I, like I started and I played a, a rhythmic phrase, like boom, bap, ba, da, ba, da, ga, ga, something like that. Then I ask everyone together to try to copy it. But not, don't worry if it's not exact. And it was really fun. It was really fun. Then I did, then after that I said, now I'm going to play another phrase. And as a group, don't try to copy what I'm doing, just answer it. Beautiful, beautiful stuff can happen. Mm. So there's one example mm. of just doing things. Now, how could you be wrong? You're not wrong when you, there's no wrong in that. You just do that. Well, what happens when you've done that, for instance, they hear the sharpness or the quality of the rhythms that I'm playing. And oh, well, the trombone player did some things and we copied him, but he did some things to, to mess with this in a nice way. He did a slide trombone thing. Well, that's not the easiest thing to do on the drums. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but it allowed me to actually, well, how would I interpret that? So that's one very simple, simple, but uh, I don't hear that going on. I, I hear, uh, there was a, gosh, I forget his name, a flute player and a, an Indian uh, Madangam player who I heard rehearsing before a concert and they did that they played long 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 phrases that they copied back and forth just to tune one's ears so 
if everybody plays jazz and they just come together and, you know, hi, it's nice to see you, I haven't seen you in two weeks, it's a nice little gig, so they play a tune, well, you know, it's, it's just not as sharp. And maybe by, maybe after an hour, it, it's sharp. Maybe it gets sharper. But this way of, of doing certain types of music games, it allows you to really tune in, sharpen your ears, sharpen how you're hearing, and then when you do play a tune, you're there, you're spot on. So that's one example. It's uh, is it is it is it uh, is it fair to say that it's a it's kind of a call and response kind of thing? It's totally fair. Yeah, because yeah. because because uh, this is very similar. Again, I'm not a musician in any way, shape, or form. But the going back to the Grateful Dead, uh, there were periods of time when Brent Midland joined the band, the keyboard player, where he and Jerry, the 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 song would open up and become very improvisational, and they might do three or four minutes. Of just playing these these lines, and then they then Jerry would do it on the guitar, and Brent would do it back on the piano. It was the most it's the most incredible thing in the world. So I can imagine. I mean, at that yeah. level, it's one way. You know, you're doing it in a live setting with, in front of thousands of people. But with students, I could absolutely see the uh, the uh, the authenticity and the creativity that must come out of that, and 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 the uh, and and the love really. I think it's. I think the call and response it just breeds creativity. The only thing I would say is, you know, I I just continue to go back to this idea of accessibility. The idea of venues. You know, when these students at Sonoma are there, coffee shops are there, are there bars? Are there farms? <laughs> are there places where they can go live so that they can get confidence in having their individual? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of wineries around where I live, and they, there's a lot of those kind of gigs. And there's a few little places locally that have music, and they also there'll be little concerts over at school, and so there's there's a little bit, and they also have their own groups, and they'll they'll play, you know, and they'll try it. Usually it's rock. <laughs> that's okay. But that's what you're talking about. Is 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 how did the here here's the issue. How can inner drumming how can that in your mind reinvigorate swing? Because we've talked about kind of the element of swing missing. I mean what is there are there elements within the book uh, in this in the text that people can can that where we get away from the just the standard four four rock thing Get back to the swing element. Well, it doesn't actually take you to 4-4 four, four rock. It doesn't take you anywhere as far as style of music. So there are, you're going back and forth between two limbs, for instance. And you can go back and forth steady, and it's, so it's boom, boom, chick, boom, chick. Or you can go boom, chick, boom, chick, boom. You can do it all kinds of ways. And if you had three limbs, you could do that all kinds of ways. And if you use four limbs, you could do that. So one of the things that I, I like myself about the book, it is not style-specific. So if it's going to be swing, they need to listen to the music and get into the feeling of the pulse and how they, the what's happening. One of the things that's eliminating what I'm calling swing from a lot of the music today is this a lot of let's a lot of notes that are very evenly played. Well, in the swing music, those those notes are they move around. You, usually right on the beat, like if you're in four four, it's like boom, 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 boom. It's right on, and it's going to be real straight. But if you swing it, boom, So they have to hear it, and and those notes that are in between the big beats, let's say the big beats are one, two, three, and four, those notes that are in between, you can't really write them down 
you may be able to write a few of them, and, and people have written them as triplets, but the truth is, when it, if those notes are analyzed using a computer, it's pretty easy. Most of the time, they're not. <laughs> they're something else. But they, 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 they add uh, a feeling of movement, kind of like you're, you're dancing, you're moving around, you're bouncing. You know, so, uh, so my answer was kind of long uh, about it, was that though I don't think inner drumming teaches that per se, but it certainly would make it easier. But, but the student has to, has to hear the music and love it. That's the, such a quick way to do it. And if they can hear it and love it, then, then I think inner drumming can really help a lot. But inner drumming uh, is something that's like a rudiment before rudiments. Hmm. The way I look at that, it. That's, that, that in itself is a very, is very interesting statement. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, you know, it's because, because the original vaudeville, I mean, the original music was bandstand music. It was, it was meant to dance. I mean, that's, that's what made Armando Peraza and Candido and all these guys so great because they came up with these rhythms that were danceable. So guys like yeah. Tito Puente, Cal Jader, they jumped right on board. They were already playing percussive instruments, but it was a groove, and you could dance to it. And you, and and then there was this sort of thing. So a lot of it is some of the, I don't want to limit it strictly to jazz, but it's like, you know, this idea very much more, jazz became very much more of a formal thing with, uh, you know, it was much more sit down and, 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 and focus on the improvisation and, and, and be polite. When in fact, well, some, some of it did, but you know the New Orleans, uh, where where a lot of it started, mm-hmm. maybe all of it, it came out of march, marching right. music. So instead of there's people marching down the street, having a ball, and the bass drum, you know, and the cymbals, and it's just, it's just hey, this is the better way to play it. Unless, unless you're marching off to war, and I think they were marching off to a party. Uh, yeah, they were. Uh, but <laughs> then, there, then there's this whole thing going on where uh, I was talking to the trombone player Al Hall Jr., and he's he's over in Jacksonville, and he was part of a, a prolific high school band, and he's talking about this whole thing at Florida A and M where this hazing incident occurred with this uh, with this player. Did, are you familiar with that story? No. Well, it doesn't sound good. Well, it's not. It's it, it, the bottom line is that um, here's a guy who uh, you know there's some sort of uh, you know fraternity thing or a hazing technique, and the, the, the it, he was part of the the uh, the band. It was it was he was part of the marching band at this college, and and he and he got killed, and oh uh, and so they suspended the marching program for a long time. And so, like that, those are sort of those that Bayou marching style that you speak of. I know, I know what you're talking about, and uh, it all kind of starts from the, from I'd say rudiments is the is the appropriate word. I, my question is the the students that you're taking on, the younger ones. Uh, what do you see as far as their when you get their background? When what have they been through? Uh, insofar as like, what were their experiences like? As you know, were they in private lessons? Did they were they in a, a high school band with? Wh- a lot of them are in high school bands because these are college, you know, beginning college right. students. A lot of them are in high school jazz bands. It gives them a little idea, and uh, most of them have played rock. I mean, that they breathe that just like I, I was breathing, you know, jazz. 
<laughs> right. You know, I was breathing it and tasting it, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. And those, those kids have their favorites, and it's totally normal. I understand all of that. But um, they do want to learn jazz, and they must have a reason for it, and, and I'm really happy they do. And I think it's because they want to be able to express something that they're not able to find in the music they're playing. And when I think that's true. I mean, there's, there's a, a level, a way of expressing certain emotions and feelings that you can do in jazz, and forget it in rock, most of it. You can't do it. It doesn't mean I'm saying rock, rock, so-called rock, whatever, that's a big category, is bad. It's, it's wonderful. It's just that it has its limits. And if you want to be a certain kind of drummer, it's perfect. <laughs> if you want to be someone who plays quieter with a more, a more dynamic range and plays different kinds of rhythms and plays different timbres and textures and still be heard, you're not going to be able to do it. Mm. So, that's... Uh, now, whether that's their exact reasons, I don't know. But... Um, I like to play, and as you know, in a freer way, but as far as, I love, I love to throw in uh, funk rhythms. I love it. It's just they're a different level. Different well, it's, just, it's level. the, uh, and, and, yeah, you know, I mean, okay. uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I, um, no, there's a, there's so much going on in my head. I, 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 I just wonder, I, I go back to this idea, like, you can, you know, I, if I was a drummer and I'd sit there and try to glean as much information as I could, these call and response, these creativity sessions, and then, um, but knowing, you know, in my mind, like for you, knowing that you could go into a studio session with guys that had been back and forth across the country, uh, and maybe one night you're playing at the Matrix with Mel and, and Jerry ha Garcia, then the next night Jerry Hahn, um, I, I I tend to think that the bridge, you know, I'm not, this is not necessarily a question, it's just sort of my hypothesis that you ate and smelled and craved jazz and you got it, and then you had chances to go out and really play with other musicians who were, it, it was just very indigenous and it was experiential learning. It was outside of that bubble, and I say that that would be the next step, you know, for me it's about, I think what you're pointing to with inner drumming there's a sensitivity level. You have to get to a certain level of of under of a, loving the music and feeling the music, and then the next step of it is being able to cross collaborate with other musicians in in you know in live in live settings. Whether or not people's because I think more and more now I go to some shows, people's ears are not trained to hear sophisticated music anymore. The, well, that's another that's a that's another matter, isn't it? That's something that yeah. that David really could speak extremely eloquently about but I, I and I, I think that's probably true you know I'm I, I, you know I'm on the other side when I go to these, these yeah you are <laughs> so, there's, there's all those people so I don't know how trained they are <laughs> I don't that's the wrong so, word that's the wrong but, it's it's that they're I, I, I think that's probably true yeah uh, and uh, it's a shame too bad. Uh, there's a lot of kinds of music. You know, here's something that's sort of interesting. I just was thinking the other day. You know, I, I heard some people, uh, some teachers, actually, that I talked talk to, who found that, that the musicians couldn't keep a beat going unless it was like really boom, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Which they're used to, you know, in, in various rap, etc. They're used to that. And I'm thinking I'm going to start teaching uh, classes I teach rhythm class at UC Santa Cruz and the Advanced Theory. I'm going to start teaching how to feel it without having to have that boom, really loud thing going on. Because I think that's that's a crutch. So people don't, maybe they don't, 
maybe they aren't able to feel it within themselves and create it in that that way, and then they're used to being bombarded. Now, does that make any sense to you? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, to me, it just comes down to, uh, uh, you know, it goes back to this idea of the elevation of sound that that occurred with the advent of electronic, you know, rock and roll. The idea it got louder and louder, which 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 what it did was it took away the op- two major things. It took away the opportunity for the music to breathe, that there's music within the silence, and that uh, people got people got used to music as noise. <laughs> now let me. You said something really really beautiful there. Yeah. Took away the breathe the breath in the music, which means to me that it. Take, took away the opportunity for the audience to experience that breath. Exactly. There was, there was, there, it was a success. Yes. I mean, not only the music doesn't have it, but the audience doesn't have it, and that's missing. It's because of a very simple thing. Everything now, I mean, I'm not saying that when, when, the, when the DGQ goes on the road, I'm not saying it, that, that, that's different, but what I'm talking about is there was a, a, a theatrical and a dramatic component that was that the artists were aware of, and the it was not choreographed uh, to meet the needs of the audience. It, 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 what I'm trying to, what I mean by that is people go now they they go to a show. It's 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 this business model of they need to know what to expect when they go to these things, and so therefore there is no suspense. There is no room for because there's too much money in in it. When is before? loose, improvisational, taking chances, and like I said, I mean, look no farther than someone like Cal Jader. That's really, I mean, the guys that, that I talked to about Cal, I mean, Cal loved the silence. He loved he loved letting the music breathe because I think it gave people that, that, who were listening to it the opportunity for their brains to interpret it and grow from it. And as a listener, I, that, that resonates with me because I, again, I state for the record, not a musician. <laughs> That's what I think. Well, yeah, but you are a music lover. Yeah. So Cal Jader played um, with 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 a statement. It was like he was telling a story when he played. And Milt Jackson on Vibes also would play that way. And great saxophones, uh, you know, like saxophone solos like Stan Getz, Louis Armstrong. You can almost put put. Imagine them just sitting there talking to you. It was also it was also this idea. There has to be some space. It was just incredible that you know I'll send you some stuff on uh, what I'm referring to directly. But you know, Cal had a band. Uh, Did did you do you know the drummer Dick Burke? By the way. Oh yeah, but it's been many many years. Well, that guy was one of the earliest supporters of the Jake Feinberg show. You know, and and the guy's got a heart of gold. But he was in a band with Cal, and in the early seventies, and they they would do these live concerts at the sea. And you know, you you probably were part of this as well. But you, when you listen to these recordings, it, everybody has an individual voice in that band. It's not nobody was overplaying. Was Armando in that band? No, it was actually this very uh, unknown Congo player, uh, uh, Michael Smith. But it was, uh, um, oh. and John Hurd was on bass. It was a swinging, burning band. But you know what? They played with such, you know. And I think that that this is one of the the, the things that I I'm, I want to ask you about this philosophy of less is more, not nothing, but the idea of saying how much emotion and energy can you generate without playing as much, you know, and, 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 and allowing in the silence, being in the silence and knowing that that silence also is music. I think that that is something that is, and it's no, it's not my generation's fault. It's that 
we we are not our ears are not we we are not used to that and uh it takes a lot it takes people to realize that there's that everything's kind of prefabricated uh pre you know baked into the cake sort of stuff to then go outside and see what was, what came before that's really where my journey started and i think somehow i mean you were in that and i think what you're doing is the most you can do to give people opportunities to take their own path because you're not you're not there's no decree in this book you're not saying about any style but you're giving people opportunities to walk through the door that they choose and those doors have a lot of different different idioms to them i mean different flavors and 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 different stimulus and i think that that is uh that is the most that's one of the most important things yeah well that 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 does get it i i and i was uh well, you, you just said a lot of things there too. <laughs> trying to think of which one I want to respond. No, but you know, no, take, take it away. But, you know, it's, but, it, but it, it's it's getting back to saying something and telling a story. Right. And you, you you when you tell a story, there needs to be some pauses so that the person listening to the story can feel, and then there will be the next part of the story and when there are these beautiful pauses that's that's the kind of music I think you're talking about with Cal Jader and and uh, you know and speaking of vibes players you know Mill Jackson well and, and I wanted to be clear when you keep saying uh, uh, Cal's hero he wanted to play the vibes like Mill Jackson so that's basically he's the father of that you know and and, and Cal was and, and in my opinion the, the one of the great uh, improvisers you know one of the great ones you know along with Charlie Parker and there's something else that's very interesting. John Coltrane played a lot of notes, but it, it felt like he was going from one place to the other with a lot of space. It's just that he had to play a lot of those notes to get to the next place in the music. So to me, his his uh, his soloing doesn't sound cluttered. And uh, if, if if you listen to early Wayne Shorter, the great great musician. Yes. He played with a lot of space. I mean, really uh, shocking. And then you would hear him a few years later, and he's filling in between uh, those those notes in a way, so that he was going still from here to there, but he was saying something a little different while going there and pointing a few things out about the chordal structure, or the rhythmic structure, or just how he felt. And that there's a huge difference between that way of playing and playing just a bunch of notes that don't seem to go start one place and end another and they, they, they it's almost like babbling right i think that a uh, good friend of mine and a great a great talented uh pianist uh, down here in sierra vista lamont arthur he he talked about keith jared and it was not just the ideas it's the sequencing of the ideas that so it yeah. makes so it makes sense to people in the band who are, who are trying to listen and find their voice because that's the key that to yeah. me the Jader band of that time that I loved so much, they all had their individual individual voice because they could they were listening, and then because of the openness of it, they were able to add their accent, and then it took the music to a whole new level. It was it was it was and uh, it was just something that was inherent. It was in the air, as you said. It was there, and it, and there there was so much. Um, what about I, the Beatles? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I their voices is incredible. It, it no there and 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 uh, you know I, again we're as usual with George we're veering off here. I, George, I have I have a I I, I want to get this in. Um, you know I want to ask you. Um, 
about you know like this this interview is going to go up on Drummer World for like a forum like Drummer World you know and you're going to have a whole lot of different types of drummers uh, people who just prefer to to be by themselves uh, people that are aspiring you know high school, a lot of people a lot of different types of cats will listen to them, people that aren't even drummers what as far as your book is concerned what what do you want what is the most couple most important things that you want to get across to all musicians through your experiences in this if they're going to get this book what what is it that they that they that you would like them to take away from it or is it to each his own well it's all of that but it's a it's kind of a deep question I, I have to think about this a moment so uh so obviously someone who would get the book in her drumming wants to play drums, and I'm assuming they have a drum set. So even if they're a very beginning beginner, they're sitting be behind this set. So what I would want them to do is just you know, move the drums with their feet, get some sticks and play around with it, and then pause, and then do some of the exercises in inner drumming, which will get them immediately to slow down and to actually feel what's going on in their limbs and to play sounds with this feeling of energy movement. And then after doing that a little bit, it doesn't have to be much, 10, 15 minutes, go ahead and play and explore. And then they're going to come across some problems. Gee, I wish I could have done this or that. They'll solve it or not, but they could pause, and then they could go back to focusing inside. Maybe they'll just focus on their right foot. Gee, my bass drum feels strange, they might say. And then they could... Well, what if I just actually do what George wrote there and feel energy moving through my leg? Let me try that. Let me try releasing my right foot. Let's maybe try listening to the bass drum. Maybe I'll do what he said and do that really slowly. So if they would do that, I would be so happy because what they're going to find out is their sound is going to be uh, more full and they're going to have more control. And, to, and the, one of the key elements of it is if you're in a hurry, you're not doing it. So you... It, it built into it would be, don't be in a hurry. Hopefully, they, when I make a DVD, that will help get that across to folks. We, we drummers are in a hurry. You know, we want to play fast. Well, uh, yeah, but there's but also... I want to slow us down, you know? I, I want to, you know, this is... Uh, uh, we're going to take this all the way through. I, I wanted to ask you about, in preparation for my interview with the, with uh, David Dog Grisman, what are, what, is the, what are the challenges that you look forward to in playing... Uh, well, two questions. What, what is what music? How do you uh, don't put it in a box? But what are the challenges uh, and the fun challenges of playing with with Grisman? Well, very precise arrangements that I love. I love his music. Even before that, when I heard him play, I heard what I consider a master. If I would say that, sometimes he would say, "Oh, I'm not." Right. But anyway, that's my consideration, and I always hear something coming through. Him, even if he might say, oh, gee, you know, I wished I could have, and fill in the blanks. But to me, it always comes across when he plays. And uh, his arrangements are great. I love them. And then the, the demands of the music are very high. It's to be able to play with a lot of intensity and a lot of variations of, of, of feels, but they're at the, the correct dynamic level, which I would call the dynamic level of a chamber group. Mm. And when that dynamic level is maintained, and of course it changes if we're on stage and we have monitors, but if we rehearse at his house, it's all acoustic. If that dynamic level is maintained and the intensity, the magic happens. It becomes very, very big. The music gets <laughs> huge. How could it do it? It just does. <laughs> so the 
coming, you know, knowing that we'll be playing some of the same tunes, but they'll be different every time. It's always that way when, when you're in the moment with it. And uh, one of the thoughts, I don't know if I said that in one of my last interviews, but when I'm playing with him some, or other people, and if I ever feel like my mind is wandering, I would just say to myself, this is first and the last time that I'm going to be playing these notes. Wow. And it wakes me right up. Wow, that's cool, true. man. It is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like that philosophy. It's, it, you can apply that to anything. And it's true. It's true. Yeah, and so the, the challenges are there, which are totally worth doing because it's really good music, and they're worth doing. And he's right. And also within what he asks me to do and the other players, he didn't hire me because I don't have a voice. He hired me because I do. And he wants to hear it. And he wants to hear it through his music. So that, that's really it in a nutshell. And he's a great guy. And, you know, we're all treated really well. And we, we manage to play in really nice places. And when we go out, it's as comfortable as possible, you know. We don't have our own Learjet. <laughs> but it's pretty good. <laughs> 